It's the Americhips with Kim Monson. Now, while this is all going on, I went through President Trump's speech and uh, Chuck and Nancy's rebuttal. The most important story. The American people finally said enough, and that is why they elected Donald Trump. The latest in politics and world affairs. Britain's version of Medicare for All is struggling with long waits for care. And opinions and ideas that prepare you to tackle the day ahead. Because ideas matter. It's the Americhicks, dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. Indeed, let's have a conversation. Welcome to the Americhicks with Kim Munson. Uh, We've got a great show planned for you today. We're going to go through some headlines. And in studio with me as guest chick is my good friend and Americhicks partner, Karen Levine. Good great morning. You. you are a REMAX Alliance award-winning realtor, and it's great to have you here. So, <laughs> Thank but, you very much. And uh, be sure and check out my website, americhicks.com, and sign up for my emails. And uh, thank you for all the emails that you've been sending in. I'm, I'm working on getting all those caught up. I've been uh, email challenged just recently, so I'm get, getting into that. So thank you. It's always great to hear from all of you. And... Um, uh, we're offering a conservatarian perspective here. And I want to say thank you to Dave, who's running the boards, and to Steve and Patty and Zach and Keith, who keep this whole train on the track. Greatly appreciate all of you. Now, Karen Levine, first thing, I have three things. I have to admit that I was wrong. And I, or I made, made some misstatements, and so I need to correct that from last week. So first thing... We were reporting on there's a recall effort for Representative Tom Sullivan. And as we were talking about that last week, I had referred that his son was killed at Columbine. It was not Columbine. It was the Aurora Theater shooting. And so I wanted to clarify that uh, it would, that's, that's where that happened. Additionally, last Friday, I mentioned a story that I'd heard about Jane Fonda, that in addition to doing the photo shoot on a North Vietnamese tank, uh, that she did something that hurt our guys. Well, I was talking to someone who was a prisoner of war in Vietnam, and he said that he knows that that story is not true, that she did not uh, do. And what the story was was that, in, in fact, uh, as, um, as she shook the hand of the our POWs, that they, they gave her a note of what their name was and that, uh, so that she could get that name back home. And the, the story is, is that she then turned them into the North Vietnamese. And, um, and that's not true. This guy uh, said that he knows for sure, and so I thought I'd better clarify that. And she was not on a tank in that photo. She was on an anti-aircraft gun, so I thought I should clarify that. Then, um, I, you know, I always like to do these quotes, and I did not get the pronunciation right for Johann Wolf, Wolfgang von Goethe. Goethe. Again, it's Johann Wolfgang von Goethe. And so I did actually, he is our guy that we have our two quotes from today. And I'm going to try it one more time. Johann Wolfgang von Goethe. And so our inspirational quote today, he said, and he was a German writer and statesman. His works included four novels, poetry, prose, dramas, memoirs, and autobiography, autobiography um, criticisms, and, and a whole bunch of information. So just a really smart guy. But our inspirational quote for today is this is the highest wisdom that I own. Freedom and life are earned by those alone who conquer them each day anew. So again, this is the highest wisdom that I own. Freedom and life are earned by those alone who conquer them each day anew. So, 
And then I have some funnies. Dave, are you ready? And since uh, yes. Karen is back from Washington, D.C., so it takes me a long time to find these things. I have to go through a whole bunch. So this is the three that I came up with. So you were in Washington, D.C. So what? The word politics is derived from the word poly, meaning many, and the word ticks, meaning blood-sucking parasites. <laughs> Number two, again, this was by Adelaide Stevenson in a campaign speech in 1952. He said, I offered my opponents a deal. If they stop telling lies about me, I will stop telling the truth about them. And then lastly, this was Doug Larson. He was an uh, English middle-distance runner who won gold medals in the 1924 Olympic Games in Paris. He said, he said, instead of giving a politician the keys to the city, it might be better to change the locks. <laughs> and there you have it. So we're going to jump into our headlines now. There's a lot going on. And uh, we'll go to, uh, oh, this is from CBS uh, local, locally here. There is a billboard that has been erected out in uh, western Colorado where it says, Welcome to Colorado where you can get a safe, legal abortion. And I'm not sure that many of you know that in Colorado, uh, we have one of the most lenient um, laws around abortion, and uh, people can get late-term abortions here in Colorado. Now, yesterday I, I heard from um, a listener, or a former listener maybe, she said that she uh, is fiscally uh, conservative. However, she is socially compassionate liberal, and that she was concerned with my stance on abortion and uh, gay marriage and sex education in school. And it took me a long time. I responded to her, and then later in the day, I thought some more about it because I didn't really address the woman. I, I addressed, you know, what is what is, happens to the baby. And I think that as a society, we need to stand on the side of life. And um, I, I really, I think that this this whole abortion thing, there, the narrative has not been totally honest from uh, the pro-abortion side. And then there appears, you know, on the you know, other side that there's the implication that there's all this kind of judgment. I really think, Karen, that what we need to do is we need to get government money out of that business, first of all. Planned Parenthood receives a half billion dollars, and it is an industry for them. And I don't think that they're honest about it with women, that in fact, this is a baby, the baby does, you know, does feel pain, uh, I, particularly after that movie with Unplanned. I mean, I think there has to be real honesty in this. I think that there has to be the opportunity for the ultrasounds. I think it has to be, we have to come at this issue from truth. We can't have government money in this. However, if a woman is in a really difficult situation, I, I really, I, 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 I don't think, I, I couldn't pass a law to throw her in jail. So that's where I'm at right now. I'm really struggling with it. But I thought, you know, I don't think that I responded to this woman with the compassion because she said she's not a Christian. I am a Christian, but I believe Christianity is is for the individual and that that is why Christianity and the American idea match up so well is because America values the individual, Christianity values the individual, and each person can make their own choice it's not for me to judge. We as Christians, when people are hurting, need to wrap our arms around them instead of, instead of uh, judging them. Mm -hmm. 
So I've, I really struggled with that yesterday. Well, and I think, Kim, you and I've had a conversation several times. And the, the beauty about um, the walk with Christ is that we have a choice. And God's given us that choice. He's also given us guidelines. And um, I think the hard part about the abortion conversation is um, most of us have not walked in those women's shoes and we should not um, judge them or, you know, we hopefully could educate them. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where we fall short, maybe where Planned mm-hmm. Parenthood falls short. And I feel very strongly that the woman should have a choice, but it shouldn't be on my um, tax dollar mm-hmm. um, because that's not my choice. If it's something they need to do, then financially they need to figure that out on their own. And there well, are, and there are certainly um, um, nonprofits out there that can assist them with that that hopefully um, are not engaging tax dollars. Exactly. And, and once again, though, I, I think that it needs to be a totally educated mm-hmm. decision. And then also, I think that we as Christians, as society, need to support the, you know, the woman. And also, I think that we forget about our young men. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that it's also detrimental to them because to be able to have... Um, Basically, sex with no consequences, I, I don't think is a good thing either. Um, you know, and I mean, in the old days, typically people got married, you know. Right. And uh, so I think that we need to have an honest conversation about this. And with what Alabama has done is, is certainly bringing the conversation back in front of everybody. And then have you seen the movie Unplanned yet? I haven't. <clears throat> it really is a powerful movie. Abby Johnson worked as a, and she was very successful as a, a director for a Planned Parenthood clinic. And uh, she basically, I, I mean, she, she did not think that the, the fetus or the baby could feel any pain. Uh, and then when she actually realized that, it totally changed her. Her family was pro-life, her husband was pro-life, uh, and they loved her immensely. But one other thing on that movie is is how we address this. They, they talked about going to the fence, and that was where um, activists that were, were trying to encourage women not to have abortions would be at the fence. And, and they did portray somebody that, you know, had, had a sign and was screaming and yelling, and, and I, that, that's not effective. No. What was effective was there was a, a Christian woman that she and Abby became friends, and they were respectful and continued to educate and that really seems to be the way I think we need to handle this issue and get government money out of it. That is, that is important. And, you know, we've talked about it, but we haven't done it yet. Right. And, and I think the big thing is, as we see in many of our um, issues today, is the es- extreme approach. And maybe sometimes you have to start extreme, but we would hope we could come to the middle where there is compromise and agreement. Right, and I, I think we, I think a good place to start is get government money out of that. Mm-hmm. So the second issue this woman had with me was regarding gay marriage, and once again, you know, I've got my own stuff. I don't need to be judging everybody else. Uh, there is a however, though, and and that is, is I, I really see a, LGBTQ has almost become a, a religion, mm-hmm. and it's being taught in our schools with. Um, the House bill, uh, let's see, I think it was the 1032, which was hypersexualization of our children. Uh, you know, we're seeing uh, that religion is being pushed in our schools. So th- we're lo- a long way from live and let live now. Right. Uh, we are to, you affirm my new definition of marriage. And if you don't, then I will use the force of government 
to take away your business, to take away your opportunity. And that's close to tyranny. And that's what we saw happen with Jack Phillips. Correct. uh, Right out here in Lakewood with the Masterpiece Cake Shop uh, case where there was a gay couple that came in and wanted Jack, uh, demanded that Jack bake a cake for their celebration, for their their union. And, and at that time, gay marriage was not legal in Colorado. So bear in mind, this uh, Colorado Civil Rights Commission hauls Jack in and, and uh, you know, penalizes him when it wasn't even legal at that time. But Jack respectfully said, you know, uh, you can have anything here except I, I cannot bake a wedding cake for you because that goes against my beliefs. They immediately went to the Colorado Civil Rights Commission, said their civil rights were being um, stomped on, and uh, the Colorado Civil Rights Commission said, Jack, you bake this cake. If you don't bake this cake, you can't bake any wedding cakes. That was 40% of his business. And so where I take an issue with this is government coming in, redefining words. You know, it's marriage today. It might be another word, you know, in the future. And if you don't affirm that new definition that they go after your property, your intellectual property and your property. And that's where I really struggle with that. And then lastly, regarding sex education in school, that was the other thing that this woman had mentioned, is I think that families should have the choice on how they present and the timetable they present sex education to their children. And once again, when you look at that particular bill, that is pushing forward in the legislation. It says that the experiences of LGBTQ must be taught. And they're starting that um, for sure in fourth grade, and you're even starting seeing some of this in, in kindergarten. And so the, the underlying questions on all this is freedom versus force. You know, on the abortion issue, should we forcibly take money from one person to pay for somebody else's choice? Uh, I don't think so. On, on uh, gay marriage, should we forcibly say you have to adhere to this definition or we're going to take your stuff? And should we allow government to forcibly um, do this sex education uh, curriculum in our schools? It's freedom versus force. That is the question on the table. And that was really what we talked about at the Stand for Colorado rally last week. Go to the website standforcolorado.com. We had 21 or 22 fabulous speakers. We're rolling out videos of each of those, one a day. Right now, uh, you'll see Pastor Christine Coleman. Uh, What an amazing invocation she gave. Uh, Jan Cook uh, with Get Her Done Right Colorado. Uh, Amazing, fiery speech. And Patty Kurgan, she talked about the family leave bill. So go to standforcolorado.com. And uh, we're going to have each of these uh, videos rolled out each day, and it's pretty exciting. Uh, we're going to go to break. Before we do that, the Rockies had yesterday off. They are playing the Pirates. They needed it. Oh, man, did they ever need it. Yeah. Hopefully they'll be feeling better. And <laughs> are, are they on their way to Pittsburgh? Yep. Yeah. Yep. The Pittsburgh Pirates today, tomorrow, and uh, on the 23rd, and then they come home. And they'll play the Oreos, but they have had a rough stand, Yeah, that is for sure. But Hooters Restaurants is my sports headquarters. It's the place to watch all these games. Wednesdays are wing days. All the wings you can eat for $14.99. And uh, try their new smoked wings. They are delicious. When the girls come over on uh, Wednesday nights, I order those. Karen, you know, they're pretty darn good. Pretty darn good. And they're only half the calories. So uh, order your Hooters wings to go. Have them delivered right to your front door. 
or watch the games at Hooters. It's a lot of fun. So be sure and check out HootersColorado.com. That's HootersColorado.com. And be sure and let them know that you know the Americhicks. We're going to go to break. I have Karen Levine uh, in studio with me, and uh, we'll go through some more headlines. All Americhicks sponsors are an exclusive partnership with the Americhicks and are not affiliated or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the Americhicks with Kim Munson and grow your business, contact Kim at Americhicks.com. That's Americhicks.com. Social media is important to the Americhicks since it's an avenue we can utilize to hear from and speak to all of our friends. For those of you who enjoy listening to the show, we'd love to hear what's on your radar. Follow us and talk to us at Americhicks Twitter and Facebook pages. Also, if you're a business owner who could benefit from some extra foot traffic from like-minded friends, consider advertising on the AmeriChicks radio show. Contact us at AmeriChicks.com or email Kim at AmeriChicks.com. Don't miss Vino and Veritas, Wine and Truth, a study of the Federalist Papers. Join Kim Munson with the AmeriChicks at Water's Edge Winery in Centennial or Colorado Cork and Keg in Castle Rock. And coming soon, Vino and Veritas in northern Colorado. Know why you believe what you believe and be able to have conversations with friends, family, and colleagues. Kim Munson with the AmeriChicks would like to thank qualified listeners, veterans listening to veterans, brought to you by Dan Brooke and Cheryl Tootin in Centennial. In Castle Rock, Kim would like to thank Colorado Custom Services, promotional products, embroidery, engraving, and more. Thank you for sponsoring this fascinating study of the U.S. Constitution. Sign up today at AmeriChicks.com. Hey, welcome back to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. Thrilled to have in studio with me as my guest chick, Karen Levine. We're going to be having a conversation about home ownership, property rights. Yeah, that's what we're talking about really with uh, Jack Phillips, property rights. Do we have the right to to own our property or do we let government and uh, bureaucrats own our property? That's the real question. Freedom versus force. Let's jump into the next one. And this is a double down here. Climate change. Uh, Did you look out the window? Look at that global warming. Did you see that? It is uh, May 21st and it is snowing. It is. And uh, so what about that climate change? And, you know, Karen, I, I, I think it's, it's a, it's, does the climate change? Well, Ab- certainly. Absolutely. But man-made climate change, I submit to you that this is a big farce. And the reason that uh, we continue to hear this narrative is because it's power, control, and force. And there is an assault on the internal combustion engine. There is an assault on oil and gas. We know that right here in Colorado. Uh, Coloradans, when they went to the ballot box, said, uh, we, you know, uh, they stood up against this, this takeover of oil and gas to try to shut it down. And then we, we put in place down at the state legislature and a governor that less than four months later passed legislation to shut down the oil and gas industry here in Colorado. And there's so we need to be very careful about who we vote for. But the internal combustion engine, uh, fossil fuels that that fuel that, that also fossil fuels help heat our homes and, uh, um, you know, cool our homes. You know, all of this helps for individual prosperity and freedom. 
And we have to wonder why there is such a narrative that ultimately, instead of helping everyday individuals thrive and prosper, is going to put them into uh, riding up and down the corridors on trains and buses and bicycles and living in teeny tiny little, little apartments. It seems that our leaders should be working to put in, in place policies that allow everyday people to thrive and prosper to their utmost ability. You would hope so. Right. Um, it's the American people that vote them in those offices with ideals, um, and we would hope that they hold those true. And what I find is once they're put in position, um, their agenda is their agenda. Right. And I think there are people that are well-meaning that have bought into this whole narrative. There's just been such a drumbeat. In fact, I was going through the news uh, yesterday and the um, uh, <clears throat> head guy at Apple, now I can't remember his name, but he gave a, um, uh, a remarks at, an educa- or at a graduation ceremony. And he basically said, our generation has let you down. And then he goes into that we've not done enough about climate change. Now, Karen, you look out the window, and it is snowing on May 21st here. And, but these young people, we are letting them down because we are telling them a lie, and then we're using that lie to put forth public policy. And so we'll go to this next one. This is the Denver Post. It says CDOT is tearing up its $9 billion to-do list, and it's going to rewrite it to include more transit. And once again, I, I did go down to the Air Quality Control Commission uh, initial meeting regarding uh, their implementation or they're making rules and regulations to try to push people into basically electric vehicles. Now, how about instead of force, let's have freedom. But there is this narrative out there that these bureaucrats and politicians want people in electric vehicles. Electric vehicles don't have the range. When it's cold, the batteries are not as effective. You have to ask yourself, why are politicians and bureaucrats so adamant to do that? And we we talk about Ocasio-Cortez and her implementing her new Green Deal. And uh, on a national level, we realize that's not a good idea. But the new Green Deal is being implemented right here in front of us in Colorado. And ultimately... Uh, I think it's going to hurt Colorado, and it's going to hurt everyday Coloradans, and I just can't figure out for sure, except I think it's about power and control. That's all I can come up with, Karen. Well, when we get into the housing conversation, um, as we've talked about, there are a mass quantity of high-end luxury apartments being built metro-wide. And my fear is is that if we put most of our citizens into apartments um, where you don't have home ownership. With home ownership, you can control your future, you can prosper, and you can follow your ideals and dreams. If you live in an apartment, you're really controlled by your landlord and the government. And that's just one other avenue of which we're seeing that. We're seeing it with cars, vehicles, transportation, and we're seeing it in our housing as well. And and they're very interrelated. And you've Mm -hmm. seen public policy pushing to put these apartments up and down this corridor where they're building trains. They just uh, opened up the Southeast Light Rail Extension, which uh, when I was on city council, I voted against that because it part of uh, the reason that they're, part of the way they financed getting that built was I think it was like $96 million from the federal government. And once again, freedom versus force. Is it okay to forcibly take money from people in Kansas and 
you know, other state, well, Illinois, they don't have their own. Let's let's use a different, use something that's financially viable, Texas, to pay for uh, the light rail right here in, in in the metro area. I made the case that if, in fact, we wanted to have that here, then we should be willing to tax ourselves to do that instead of forcibly taking money from our neighbors and also forcibly taking money from the next generation because at this particular point in time, we are continuing to incur more and more debt. So if I were to give a graduation remarks, uh, I would say, yes, we, in a way, we are letting you down also because we are saddling you with debt and we are saddling you with a lie regarding this climate change. Uh, and um, I would apologize for that. But that's not what graduation uh, addresses are supposed to be, uh, Karen. Graduation addresses are supposed to be hopeful and uplifting and, you know, the world is in front of you. And once again, if we're not giving our kids that kind of hope, we're letting them down also. Right. And we have always been a nation of opportunity. And at graduation, that's what we should be stressing is the opportunities that await them. Instead of making them feel like they're, yeah. you know, there's no hope. So, But uh, t- I'd like to talk with somebody that is very hopeful. And that is Jason McBride with Presidential Wealth Management. Jason, how are you this morning? Oh, I'm I'm buried. You guys are troopers to uh, make it down there to the studio on a morning like this. <laughs> well, how's that global warming, climate change working out for you, Jason? Well, <laughs> it's it's yeah. I don't mind the snow. The thing is, you know, the city must have bought all electric <laughs> snow plows that weren't working last night. Uh, you know, I, I saw I accidentally texted you when I meant to tell my daughter that I was uh, cu- coming to pick her up from her dance class. I was going to be late. The roads were horrible. That was like at 9 o'clock at night last night. Well, and I, I responded. I said, I don't think that you're talking. To, I think you meant this for your daughter. So Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just figured that out this morning. So, uh, Karen, you got any igloos for sale? Or this would be a good day to show those, wouldn't it? It certainly would. Um, but, you know, the government hasn't provided us the appropriate regulation to build igloos yet. <laughs> oh, well, that's, uh, I'm sure that 20, 30, 40 years I'll get it figured out. Yeah, that's for sure. So, hey, Jason, what's going on with the market? We haven't really talked about that for a few days. What, what's, what do you think for today? It's still a little, it's still in a little bit of rough shape, I think, Kim. Uh, we started seeing uh, distribution days pile up. Uh, you know, a few weeks back, if you remember, that's a day when one of the major indexes is down two-tenths of a percent or more on higher volume than the previous day. That'll usually tell you the market's starting to run into a little bit of trouble, and uh, once again, right on cue, uh, that has worked. So, you know, most of the indexes right now, the the NASDAQ, the S&P, are below their 50-day moving averages at somewhat of a negative sign. Uh, you know, it looks like we're going to get a positive open this morning that might give us a little bit of a cushion. But I'd really like to see the NASDAQ hold above the recent low, which was about 76.27. And I'd really like to see the S&P 500 uh, also hold above the recent low, which was... Uh, about 2800, 2801. Uh, if we could hold both those levels and get a couple of nice, big, powerful up days on big volume, we may be able to head back towards the new highs. 
if we break below those levels and, and then the 200-day moving average, we might have a little bit more uh, trouble, uh, at least in the near future. Okay. Well, thanks. Um, I guess we'll just uh, see what happens today. And I also would like to see ask you, do you think the tariffs, this whole tariff conversation is still affecting the market? I do. I think that... Uh, you know, we, we saw the effects uh, fear of tariffs can have on the markets back in early 2018. Um, I think it's a little bit more muted this time, partially because the markets are prepared for it. Uh, you know, there's tough talk, and then they, they back off a little bit, even it sounds like with this, I can't pronounce, what's the Chinese phone maker, Huawei, Huawei that's yeah. putting in components to spy on people, I know they had uh, put restrictions on, uh, like, chip companies supplying them parts. It sounded like they might have backed off on that just a little bit. Uh, and that's, that's being attributed as part of the reason that the markets, uh, the futures are strong this morning. So, yeah, any talk of, of trade with China, I think, is still uh, a very powerful uh, impetus to push the market one way or the other, at least for now. Okay. Well, it'll be interesting to watch. So, Jason McBride, thank you so much. And uh, if you'd like to talk with Jason or any of the fine uh, men and women over at Presidential Wealth Management, sit down and talk about your nest egg. Uh, they'd be willing to help you with that. And you can see the great care that Jason does in his preparation for each of these conversations that we have every day and, and his great knowledge. So uh, be sure and check out chickspresidential.com. That's chickspresidential.com. Uh, Jason, have a great day. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Okay, you guys have a great show. Okay, thanks so much. We're going to go to break. In studio with me is Karen Levine. She is an award-winning realtor with REMAX Alliance. She was in Washington, D.C. In fact, you got to see President Trump. I certainly did. So I can't wait to talk with you about that. So we're going to go to break. When we come back, we'll have a conversation about your trip. We'll talk about the housing market here in Denver. And uh, we'll, we'll just break it all out. So we'll be right back. You want to succeed, so you need to dress for the job, event, or relationship that you seek. For over 30 years, entrepreneur, stylist, and Americhick Kim Munson has been helping women look their very best. And guys, Kim can help you with made-to-measure shirts that fit great and you'll love to wear. Guys and gals, if you want to up your game and freshen your look, email Kim at Americhicks.com for your initial style consult. Kim at Americhicks.com. Come join the 88 Drive-In for all your favorite blockbuster movies. We're open seven days a week. Admission is only $9 per person, and children under 12 are free. Friday, May 17th through Thursday, May 23rd, features will include Pokemon Detective Pikachu, Avengers Endgame, and Captain Marvel. And remember our popular Monday through Thursday pizza special. Get one 12-inch pizza served fresh and hot from our oven and two tall, cool 16-ounce sodas, all for only 12 bucks. Plus, now you can top it all off with our new sweet, crunchy churros and a steaming cup of hot chocolate. For more information, go to our Facebook page or visit our website at 88drivein.net. You get more out of life when you go out to a movie. You'd like to get in touch with one of Kim Munson's sponsors, but you can't recall their phone number. Find a full list of advertising partners on americhicks.com. Chicks with Kim Munson, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree? Let's have a conversation. 
And be sure and check out my website, americhicks.com. And check out the Stand for Colorado website also. We're starting to post the videos of each of the speakers, and they're just, they're awesome. We had it, I called it like speed speaking instead of speed dating. Dating. Everybody had basically (laughs) three minutes to talk about an important issue, a piece of legislation that was either presented or passed. And uh, I tell you, it was, a, it was primarily a group of very strong women. We had a couple of guys, Don Wilson, who is uh, the mayor of Monument. He and Rose Puglisi are the two that are spearheading uh, getting this national popular vote question on the ballot here uh, in Colorado. And then we were going to have uh, Weld County Sheriff Steve Reams. He was not able to make it. I get a text message. He says, uh, we're, we have a SWAT situation. I'm going to have to stay here. And I'm like, yeah, you probably are. <laughs> but to be sure and check out StanfordColorado.com as we are rolling out each of these um, really fabulous videos. So Karen Levine, it is great to have you in studio. You are an award-winning, award-winning realtor with Remax Alliance. You and I have known each other for a long time. And uh, I know that you take great care, just like Jason McBride over at Presidential Wealth Management. You take great care uh, in bringing your expertise to uh, working with your clients. And it's uh, your partner of, of the AmeriChicks. Greatly appreciate it. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure to be a partner with you. It's, it's great to have you here. First thing, you were in Washington, D.C., and what a time you had. What a time we had. Because you're on the board of the National Group of Realtors, right? Yeah. So I am a director for the National Association of Realtors. Okay. The National Association of Realtors currently has a membership of a little over 1.3 million members. Wow. We're all realtors. The difference from a real estate licensee, we abide by a strict code of ethics and a, a, a slate of standard practices and professional standards. Um, so we always encourage um, consumers to seek a realtor. Um, they may have heard our new um, advertising campaign out there. That's who we are, and R is the realtor R. Nice. And um, it's been pretty exciting. It's been getting great traction in social media, letting people know the difference between a realtor and a real estate licensee. Okay. Um, as a board of directors, I um, have the privilege or the daunting task of trying to know the best direction um, and representation for 1.3 million members. And we head to Washington annually and have for, I think, somewhere near 50 years. Um, during the month of May, we are there for a week, and we uh, do what we call storming the hill. Um, we had eleven thousand attendees this year, and oh my we, gosh, yeah, and we went down to the hill and talked to our congressmen and senators about our issues that regard uh, home ownership, public um, policies that affect um, private property rights, and um, taking care of the American dream. I, I so love that. It was pretty cool. You know, I was driving the other day, and I uh, there was a house in their backyard, and I saw, you know, there was a, a, a little playhouse, and there was a swing set, and I saw the child, you know, swinging back and forth, and I thought, you know, you can't do that if you live in an apartment. That's you know, right. You, you, you have to go out, and you need to make sure that the child is safe when they're on the, on the you know, public park or whatever, but there was something about, I mean, I remember as a, a kid, a backyard and a swing set, a house. I mean, that's really part of the American dream. It is. You know, riding your bike over to your um, friend's house, you know, after school and kind of taking a trip around the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Those are great, great uh, memories. And 
We have to protect that. And that's what you do when you go to Washington. We do. We do. And every year we invite the president of the United States to come and address us. It's an open invitation we have given um, throughout history. And um, it had been 12 years since the president had come and addressed us. We found out on Wednesday that President Trump had accepted our invitation and that he would be there Friday afternoon. I, well, when I got the text, <laughs> you were an excited girl. And so did you, did you hear him? I did. Um, I got in line at 8 a.m. The doors opened at 11. So that was a three-hour wait. Um, lots of secret service, um, heavy security, et cetera, to keep us all safe. Um, they allowed about 2,000 attendees into the ballroom. And I was very honored and privileged to sit in row five um, in front of the president, front and center. Um, of course, there's a big buffer for uh, the media, and then they put him at the back of the stage. So when I took photos, he seemed like he was rather much farther away. Yeah. Um, but what was really awesome is I made great friends with a couple of agents out of uh, Idaho, one from Boise, one from Coeur d'Alene, and um, a really awesome guy out of St. Petersburg, Florida. And we kind of clung together um, as a little troop. We were going to get good seats and, um, you know, share our thoughts and, and things about what's going on nationwide. So, Well, how long did he speak? Well, that kind of blew me away as well. He talked to us for over an hour. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. And it was a conversation. Um, as many of you know, President Trump is not a politician. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> He's a, he is a businessman, and we are all um, sole proprietor business people in the real estate business. And he made his wealth through real estate, so... You know, we really are on common ground as far as what we're trying to achieve, what he's trying to achieve for um, the nation and what we're trying to achieve household by household. So um, I found it really encouraging um, and uh, he really appreciates what we do and uh, encourages us to continue to pursue that American dream for the people we work for. You know, Karen, I was not initially on the Trump train. And I remember having coffee with you up in northwest Denver before the election, you know, when there was still the whole group of, of Republicans. And you said, you know, I, I, you, were, you liked Trump. And I'm, I'm like, okay. Uh, so how, why? How, how did you figure that out so early? I have no idea. I was pretty sure I had a screw loose. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it wasn't something that you could have a safe conversation about. Um, because it was such tenuous times and, um, he was so different from the typical politician. Um, but I knew he was a successful businessman and as a businesswoman, um, I just felt that our nation had become so political. And so as, you know, we talk about taking control, controlling the populace, I could feel those restraints and I wanted to find someone who would fight for our freedoms back. And I think it needed to be somebody who wasn't part of the fold. It was needed to be somebody who was outside the typical culture. And um, I know he can be rather offensive. He says things without thinking, and he doesn't really care. And that just annoys people because he's not politically correct a lot <laughs> of times. Um, but he speaks from his heart, and he dearly cares about the people of the United States of America. And... Um, I think that if people would um, not buy into the negative rhetoric that we hear day in and day out Mm -hmm. um, and look at the work that he is accomplishing nationwide, 
for the small business person, for the farmer, um, um, for the hardworking taxpayer. Mm -hmm. um, I think we can appreciate a lot of the work that's been done over these past couple of years. You know, Karen, I I hear that he's actually a very warm individual, that what you see out there, you know, when he's doing the tweeting and, and the fighting, uh, that 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 his personality, though, is he's very warm mm -hmm. uh, with people. And, you know, he doesn't have to be doing this. No. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> what, a young millennial that I know, she said, you know, uh, and she made sure that she was registered to vote so that she could vote for Donald Trump. She said he doesn't have to do this. You know, he's wealthy. He could be playing golf. She said he's got a smoking hot wife, you know, great family. Um, but he seems to have this thing on his heart. I think he genuinely cares about the American people, everyday American people, no matter what descriptor you want to put behind that or before that. Mm -hmm. You know, African-American, Hispanic, Asian, LGBTQ. You know, whatever. I, I really think that he cares about everyday individuals. But where he's where he takes a stand is on this freedom versus force thing that we have going on. And we were headed on a cliff where we had politicians and bureaucrats that were putting themselves in place that were really going to forcibly take away the American dream for everyday hardworking people. And here comes Donald Trump. And uh, I mean, I'm just kind of sitting back going, I can't believe what's going on. But three point two percent. GDP growth this this last uh, quarter. I remember when Obama said that one one point five percent was all we're going to get. There's no way we could grow enough then for our financial obligations that we have to our, our children. Uh, but if in fact we can get this economy really going, Brian Dimitrovic, the economist, says that we could possibly grow ourselves out of some of these challenges that we have. And uh, it's beyond me that. That people that we have politicians and bureaucrats and people that are rooting for Donald Trump to fail mm -hmm. because when they're rooting for Donald Trump to fail, they're rooting for everyday hardworking Americans to fail. Exactly. And I think my big frustration has been the time and energy they've spent on discrediting him as opposed to um, working with working him. with him. And those are taxpayer dollars that are going to waste when they could be affecting things um, to continue to improve. Um, the American people's situation. And um, it's just a frustration. Mm -hmm. um, and we saw that on the Hill um, for, cer for certain. You know, um, they spend more time belittling, criticizing, et cetera, the president of the United States than going and doing good works. Well, and a case in point is reading the Mueller report. I mean, we've got issues that we need to get, get uh, addressed here. You know, immigration, um, you know, rolling back rules, regulations, things that we as as P, as Americans send our um, elected representatives to Washington to do. And instead, reading this Mueller report, you know, the Democrat Party, my friends, is no longer the Democrat Party of JFK or your parents. Mm -hmm. It is now being controlled by uh, far left people that want to use force to take away the American dream for other people. And uh, so instead of reading the Mueller report, how about you get to work? Or uh, I, I saw a very interesting meme the other day. They said, I would be, I'm less interested in a billionaire in the tax. Let's see. I'm less interested in the tax returns of a billionaire businessman that's gotten into politics than how I'd like to see the tax returns of politicians 
that have become millionaires. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, that makes a lot of sense. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> but we're going to go to break. When we come back, let's talk about the housing market right here in Denver. I know that you've got some really interesting numbers. So this is Kim Munson, guest chick. Karen Levine is in studio, and we'll be right back. Dan Predovich and his team at Predovich & Company help your business plan ahead financially. The AmeriChicks with Kim Munson highly recommends Predovich & Company as your financial business consultant. Predovich & Company will take care of your tax preparation, bookkeeping, and business advisory services. Dan Predovich and his team want to learn the unique needs of your business through real, honest dialogue. Because of their advanced technological capabilities, Predovich & Company can help clients anywhere in the United States. Call 303-791-3000 to start preparing now for next year's tax season. Organize your business finances with Predovich & Company. Call 303-791-3000 today. Award-winning realtor Karen Levine has 30 years of experience with REMAX Alliance. As a director with the National Association of Realtors, Karen Levine works to protect your private property rights. Karen Levine believes in home ownership. Since losing her mother to breast cancer, Karen Levine has helped to organize a local fundraising event called Karen's for the Cure, raising money for breast cancer research. Choose Karen Levine to buy or sell your home because she understands that it's more than just a house. Karen Levine comes highly recommended by the Americhicks with Kim Munson, so call award-winning realtor Karen Levine with Remax Alliance today at 303-877-7516. That's 303-877-7516. Welcome back to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree? Let's have a conversation. Offering you a conservatarian perspective, be sure and check out my website, AmeriChicks.com, and check out Stanford Colorado website as well, uh, because we are putting up the videos from the Stanford Colorado rally that we had recently. In studio is award-winning realtor with REMAX Alliance, Karen Levine. And Karen, we talked about your trip. Once a year, you go back to Washington, D.C., uh, and you've, you came back encouraged. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what's going on here in the Denver real estate market? Uh, there was a CPR article that said that uh, Denver real estate market is cooling a bit. What say you? Well, it's interesting that, that that's the perception that it's cooling. Um, what's kind of encouraging is we have been being critical of complaining about the lack of inventory in our marketplace and As we know, when we look at um, just basic economics 101, when you have high demand and low supply, the prices go up. Mm -hmm. And we've seen great appreciation. Sellers have really benefited, um, especially sellers that needed to move, had to move, had a desire to move, um, had great equity positions because of appreciation. Um, What we've seen, um, the first quarter, we came out of the chutes a little bit slow, but inventory was increasing. Activity was down from what we had experienced over the last several years. And um, people, you know, they wanted a new storyline. And the new storyline was we were moving out of a seller's market and into more of a buyer's market. Um, I would concur that it's not that dramatic of a shift in the fact that I was up in Fort Collins showing property two weekends ago. Um, We looked at seven homes. It was the buyer's first time out. Um, They're in a price range, which is very competitive, $400,000, which if we look at the metro statistics, our medium price um, has gone up 
from last April to this April uh, by 1.2% from 405000 to 410. So we're looking in that medium price range. Very competitive. Um, and that's for the metro area as well? That's, yeah, okay. that's the metro statistic. And um, so Fort Collins wouldn't fall particularly in those statistics, but it gives us a sense of what's going on. Um, out of the seven homes that we showed, uh, four were under contract by the end of the weekend. The one that we had chosen to per, to put an offer in on, I made the phone call when we completed our showings, and that home had gone under contract 45 minutes prior. Wow! So um, still competitive in that in that affordable price range for sure. Um, the other thing that I found really interesting is over the last couple of months, as our index our new listings coming on the market increased. For instance, from April of 2018 to April of 2019, we saw new listings increase by 12, over 12%, okay. um, which is great. We have more new listings coming on the market. But if you look at inventory of active listings, which means the total number that buyers have to pick from, that only increased 4.5%. Okay. And then you look at the key number, under contracts, how many of those homes that came on the market went under contract? Our under contracts were up 16%. Wow. So okay. that means we still have strong activity in the marketplace. Um, and if we had 16.3% increase in under contracts um, year over year, we're going to have a strong sold data for the month of May and early June because typically homes are closing within 30 to 45 days. I've seen that there's like some new developments that are coming on. Uh, Talk to us a little bit about these new homes. Well, new construction is starting to increase as far as we've been so behind in inventory and listening to Lawrence Yoon, who is the National Association of Realtors Economist, um, and he speaks nationwide about, you know, the housing economy. He has said that building permits have been down over, you know, this growth. Um, They haven't quite caught up. Um, and that's why inventory really is low nationwide. See, that's a political thing. Totally. Because um, somewhere between, I want to say 45 to 52% of the cost of construction is through regulation. And that cost is what's also keeping us from having affordable homes coming out of the ground. Um, and many of those regulatory costs are municipal and county costs. Those are not in state. They're not federal costs. It's more local costs. So we really need regulation out of there. Pulling permits um, is very costly. It's very tedious. It's very time-consuming. And it's not encouraging to the business environment. But we are starting to see um, people feel, developers, investors feel that um, new construction um, needs to be done and they're finding opportunity. So, yep, we're moving some dirt. We're putting some holes in the ground. Um, But none of that. Um, in the front range, minimally, we have a couple condo projects coming out of the ground, but because of the construction defect legislation from eight years back, that continues to inhibit the condo construction environment. Okay. Karen, this is, uh, this is a big, I think about this a lot. You, you just mentioned something about affordable housing. And again, these people that are uh, talking climate change all the time, want to get people out of our, their cars on, onto trains, bicycles and buses. They also, I think, stand against home ownership, which you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. I, I'd like, love to get the source on that, that anywhere from what, 45 to 52% of the cost of a home 
is due to regulations. So we have, you have all these pundits that talk about affordable housing, affordable housing, and their solution is always a government program right, let's, that they administrate and make money off of. But what you're saying is we could actually make housing more affordable. People could have their own home by getting regulations out of the way. Right. Does Trump get that, do you think? Oh, yeah. I mean, he made that statement um, to us in in his presentation um, that if we could um, eliminate uh, a plethora of the regulation, affordability could return to housing nationwide. You know, speaking of that, when I was on city council, we were presented, so building codes, this is a big deal. And uh, and every few years, I, I know that our head of our building de- department, uh, they, they have a big conference and they come together to uh, put forth new building codes. So building codes for 2020, mm-hmm. building codes for 2021. And what you see is there's interested parties that are trying to get those building codes to mandate something. It might be to total have have sprinklers mm-hmm. throughout all of uh, a building or a home or whatever. And guess who's behind trying to get those regular that in the building mm-hmm. code? The sprinkler makers. Mm-hmm. But that increases the cost significantly for a home or an apartment. And so that's what we see is all these you know, regulations, it's almost the death of the American dream by a thousand cuts, a thousand regulations. That's yeah. what we saw, see in home ownership too. Definitely. And it's, and it's not just those rules and regulations, it's also then zoning. Uh, because when you mentioned we haven't been moving a lot of dirt here in, in America to build new homes. Right. Well, and it's interesting when you talk about regulation, um, one of our key conversation points in Washington had to do with flood insurance. And for the past 10 years, um, our lovely government has been extending the federal flood insurance program, um, as we say, kicking the can down the road four to six to eight months at a time. Um, we are very hopeful Congress signed the extension till September. The Senate has, based on our conversations, say they will be signing it. So federal flood insurance program will get extended till September. Well, the height of hurricane season is September to November, so that's a bit of a problem when you look at flood insurance. But what's really interesting is the program we've been asking for several years that that program be revamped. And the key component is remapping. And there's all this amazing technology to remap nationwide um, the floodplain maps so that there's, um, um, they're accurate and that um, developers will know where is the good land, et cetera. But a great story is a commercial piece of property in Arvada um, that says it's in the floodplain. The cost of holding flood insurance would be astronomical, and yet they could go through government red tape to get it. And it was a document thing. It was a paper trail thing. It really was out of the floodplain. But developers walked away because of the cost and really the time to go through the red tape. Uh So we see those examples here often. Okay. Well, Carol Levine, we are just about out of time. Thank you for being here. It's always a treat to have you in as a guest chick. Well, thanks for having me as a guest chick. It's and, always a pleasure, um, be, except for the 3.30 alarm clock. I but, know. You know. That, is, that one's a little <laughs> rough, that's for sure. So uh, if you would like to talk to Karen about uh, your home, buy, sell, get a home, 303-877-7516 is your phone number, 303 7516. Karen Levine, it's you great to it. have you here. Thanks. And our quote for today is Johann Wolfgang von Goethe. He says, Knowing is not enough. 
we must apply. Willing is not enough, we must do. So again, knowing is not enough, we must apply. Willing is not enough, we must do. So today, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. This is Kim Munson signing off. God bless you, and God bless America. Don't want no one to cry